0: A CYP Club podcast.
1: Welcome to CYP Voiced. I'm your host, Anthony Grenitzis. Today I'm joined by my colleague, friend, and fellow Columbus Leadership Council member Alex Slaymaker for our first community podcast. Welcome in, Alex.
0: Thanks, Anthony. Yeah, I'm stoked to be here.
1: Awesome. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. I want to know about your background, so that way the listeners kind of get an idea of what what you're about.
0: Definitely. So, through my role at Smart Columbus, I get to collaborate with leading employers and institutions in Central Ohio to really accelerate the transition to a more just and sustainable future. So, it's a super fun job, and uh, I'm also super involved in the community through sustainability and climate action related work. Uh, really through board service committees and generally talking to anyone who is interested and wants to talk about it. And before moving here, I grew up on the west side of Cleveland and then lived in Athens and Cincinnati as a young adult. And even though I left Ohio for grad school at Arizona State University, I really had a calling to come back and to give back to the state that really raised me. And I moved to Columbus in 2016 because I felt like it was a place of really immense opportunity for someone looking to have an impact and and make a difference. And after moving here, I experienced a really amazing sense of community due in part to organizations like the CYP Club and really knew I made the right decision.
1: Right. So uh, just to recap, you're part of the Columbus Leadership Council um, that we've mentioned in this podcast before. Uh, So what brought you into the Columbus Leadership Council? How did you arrive to this point at the podcast today?
0: Yeah, the main reason I was drawn into the council is because I I believe deeply in a sense of responsibility that residents have, especially those in a position of privilege like myself to actively work to make their community safer and and healthier and more prosperous for everybody. And our CEO with the Columbus Partnership, Alex Fisher, has the same what are you doing to pay your community rent? And this question has really always stuck with me and I think it pushes me to do more both professionally and and personally. So community is a big motivator for me, which is why I'm like super excited to be co-hosting this conversation with you.
1: Yes. So uh, as you just said, we are um, recording for the community pillar of this podcast today. And so I'm kind of interested to know more about what draws you to the community pillar and and why you think you're the best co-host for this segment of the podcast.
0: Yeah, I really live and breathe Columbus. I mean, I love this community and I think there's so much we can do as young professionals to give back. And I think this platform is an awesome way to engage more people in that conversation.
1: Awesome. Yes, I'm completely excited to talk to you today because we are talking about one of our one of my most favorite topics to talk about. We are talking about climate change. So what are we going to go over today exactly?
0: Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about what the city of Columbus is doing to build a more equitable and sustainable city and how residents of the region, like our listeners, can really get involved in that. And our guest today is super impressive. I can't wait to learn more from her. I think people are really going to be excited to hear what she has to say.
1: Yeah, and I'm super excited to hear more from her as well. But before that, I want to talk a little bit about climate change itself. So we hear this term get thrown on a lot. Uh, Studies are showing that the vast majority of Americans, especially young people, are in support of climate action, but most people might not know exactly what it looks like in practice and and beyond things like solar panels and electric cars and composting. Um, So kind of tell us a bit of an elevator pitch on what climate change is.
0: Definitely. So you can think of the atmosphere like a blanket that surrounds the earth. And when we burn fossil fuels like coal, oil and natural gas for energy, we add gases like carbon dioxide to that blanket, making it thicker and thicker. And of course, the thicker a blanket gets, the more heat it traps underneath. And that blanket effect leads to warming, which really disrupts the climate. And when you combine this disruption with other large scale destructive human activities like mass deforestation and overfishing of our seas, we see a planet that is totally out of balance. And as a result, you can't you know, check your news apps without hearing about rising sea levels, historic droughts, extreme hurricanes, <laughs> deadly wildfires. I mean, everything, right? You see it everywhere you look, and you know, to varying degrees based on location and privilege, climate impacts every human, every company and every city on the planet, right? It's a big, big issue. And although the climate crisis is global, you know, today we're really focusing on what the impacts are in our community and what listeners can do, right? To get involved. And we also wanna explore how climate action done right will actually improve quality of life and make the community more equitable and boost competitiveness, right? Like there's so many really exciting benefits um, if you're doing activities related to reducing emissions. You know, they could include cleaner air for us to breathe, more parts for us to enjoy, saving money on utility bills and providing really quality, long lasting jobs. Right. So you might hear in the news some like really exciting opportunities around the growing demand for solar. For example, solar installers can train people from our community who might be involved in the justice system or be underemployed to install solar panels without getting a degree. So like we have so many exciting opportunities in this space that can can really transform lives, right? And that's really what it's all about.
1: I think that's super exciting. So we enter twenty twenty one kind of with sort of a you know a blank slate. We're entering a new administration, um, and this newfound interest it seems kind of across the globe in climate change and things like that. Um, but I want to focus a little bit on Columbus before we introduce our podcast guest. Will you tell me a little bit more about the local impacts of climate and what that really means to uh, places like Columbus?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. To name a few of the impacts, right, we're projected to experience increased flooding, more damaging storms and, and higher temperatures. There's a lot of excellent research on this topic from the Ohio State University's Bird, Polar and Climate Research Center. Kind of a mouthful, Mm -hmm. Um, but they do really great research around this. And we can put some links in the show notes for people that want to go a little bit deeper. Uh, But we know climate impacts our most vulnerable communities first and worst. Right. It's a big, big justice and equity issue. Right. And one of the very tangible examples of how this can impact the community is that we have residents in Columbus that spend over fourteen percent of their income on heating and cooling their homes wow. because their homes are so inefficient. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And you know, a lot of our neighbors can't afford to can't afford the upfront cost to improve the energy efficiency of where they live or they rent and their landlord has no incentive or requirement to upgrade the home. Right. Right. And this impacts residents who are aging in place and our low income neighbors the most. And with rising temperatures in the summer, for example, this is just going to get worse. It's going to get more burdensome for our residents if we don't change anything. But the good news is that there are interventions right mm. to improve energy efficiency and so much more related to these topics through programs, through technology, through policy, and it can make a huge difference in people's lives. And so you can save money while reducing emissions, you know, and overall just boost quality of life. And that's really what we wanna focus on today in this podcast is those solutions. So hopefully by the end of the episode, you know, our goal is for listeners to be super inspired and excited to get involved in climate action. And that's why we're really excited to introduce our guest today, Jenna Tipaldi, who is the climate advisor for the city of Columbus and a fellow young professional.
1: Jenna, thank you for coming in. I'm so excited that you're here.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be a part of this.
1: Awesome, so tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of like what inspired you to join the climate movement.
2: Yeah, definitely. So. Um... Thanks so much, I'm excited. My name's Jenna Tapaldi. I'm I'm the climate advisor for the city of Columbus through the American Cities Climate Challenge, uh, which is a grant I'll I'll chat with you all about in a little bit. Previous to this role, I worked for a consulting firm out of DC um, and our primary client was supporting the US EPA and their Energy Star program. Um, So I worked with large governments. Now I'm working with a small government. Um, I have also worked with some private commercial clients over over the years. and i have been interested in climate and the environmental world for as long as i can remember Um, i grew up in miami florida and i took an environmental science class in high school and I just remember my mom commenting when I was picking some recyclables up out, out of the trash, like, "Oh, Jenna, I think this is something that you, <laughs> that maybe you're going to have a future," and not really knowing what that meant. Um, and I went to college, I moved to Orlando, and got a degree in environmental science. And it's just it's kind of run away from from me from there. So um, after that, I moved to D.C. and I got the job in environmental consulting, and um, was looking to to change up my employment and I I was reading about the Bloomberg American Cities Climate Challenge, which is a grant that Columbus was awarded in late 2018, which is an accelerator program um, for cities that are really leading in climate. Um, And it provides them some technical assistance in the form of a climate advisor, which is my role, and then connects the city with um, leading technical experts in in the climate sector to advance their programs and policies, and so most of my work has been focused on climate and energy in the building sector, um, but has spiderwebbed a little bit in my time here in Columbus.
0: Awesome! Thanks for sharing, Jenna. Now that we know a little bit more about you, we want to start pretty high level and hear from you a little bit more about the city of Columbus's vision for climate action.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, the city's vision for climate action definitely predates my time. Um, The city's been focused on energy and sustainability under Mayor Coleman's administration. Um, And then when Mayor Ginther took over, he really set a North Star goal for us at his 2020 state of the city when he announced um, a carbon neutrality goal for the city and for the um, community. And so this is now what drives all of our climate action and our climate planning going forward. And so the vision of this, what this really means, if you're you know, picturing a future here, it's that our buildings and our homes are efficient. They're not leaking or wasting energy. They're powered by clean, renewable energy. We have a really robust public transit system that's powered by electricity that connects our residents to all quadrants of the city. Um, It means that if there are areas where public transit doesn't reach that we have um, folks have access to or own their own electric vehicle instead of a gas powered one. Um, It's really a future where Um, our residents and our low-income communities aren't paying 14% of their income on energy bills. Um, It's really founded in equitable, sound climate policy that improves the climate um, for our community and improves the quality of life for all of our residents.
1: Wow, that's awesome. Where are we with carbon neutrality Like in terms of Columbus? Are we close? Are we still a ways off?
2: We have a bit of a ways to go, but we're not alone in that. Um, carbon neutrality goal is really bold. It's really ambitious. Um, the leading cities are also focused on it and they're, they're taking action as are we. Um, we have some really good foundational policies that are setting us on the path to get there. Um, and the Climate Action Plan, which I'll talk about a little bit later, um, is really the roadmap to, to get us to that goal as well.
1: Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about Columbus's vision and how it really impacts the community as a whole?
2: Yeah, definitely. So the work that we do here in Columbus in the Office of Sustainability and through the Sustainable Columbus program, um, it impacts residents and businesses in different ways. There are different climate solutions for each sector that you're focusing on. And so um, I don't know where I first heard this, but it really struck me, which is that Um, clean energy and clean air or dirty energy and dirty air, dirty water, don't have geographic boundaries like our city has, like our states have. And so the work that we do is impacted by our neighboring communities and vice versa. And so the benefits, to build on that, the benefits that we have um, are also felt by everyone. So the people who um, are taking ambitious action, um, we feel those benefits as, as do our neighbors.
0: Thanks, Jenna. That's a really great overview. And when we think about our region, I think most people that have lived here for any amount of time would say that we have a pretty healthy spirit of of competition and communities in the region want to be attractive to residents and potential businesses that may locate here. And you know, we know that being a sustainable community that's walkable with clean air and beautiful parks is a really big component of that, right? And and we know the city of Columbus has been making some really, really impressive progress on climate action. Will you share with our listeners what some of those uh, large achievements are that you and the team are really
2: proud of? Yeah, definitely. I think that that ethos of climate leadership goes a long way. And one thing that I've learned from my time here in Columbus is that We like to do things the Columbus way, which I know you guys know what that means, but in case the listeners don't, that's including everybody and working together and being really collaborative. And that is part of the vision for our climate work and for meeting our goals, um, not only for our municipality and the neighboring municipalities, but for our residents and businesses at any point in their sustainability journey. And so a couple of successes that I'll note, I think we probably want to go back a little bit um, and start with a couple of grants that the city has been awarded that has really helped pave the way for deep climate action. Um, but before I get there, I'll just I'll add that the city conducts greenhouse gas inventories every year to assess which sectors are emitting the most um, greenhouse gas emissions. And so our largest emissions um, categories here in Columbus, and this is pretty consistent amongst most cities, um, are emissions from transportation and from buildings. And so um, because of the leadership of Columbus and the region, Um, Alex, you can speak to this in a lot more detail, but the city was awarded the US Department of Transportation Smart Cities grant, where we led an increase of electric vehicle adoption by over 500 percent and did really critical work with car dealerships um, and businesses to ensure that residents who wanted to transition to an electric vehicle had access to them at local dealerships and then also that they had access to charging at their workplace, which is a really critical component to getting folks to transition over to electric cars. And then the work that I have been most involved with, um, and I'll share some of the successes through, was um, on the American Cities Climate Challenge grant. And so through the American Cities Climate Challenge, we focused um, on both buildings and transportation actions, um, but mostly leaned heavily on the building side, understanding that um, the Smart Cities grant and Smart Columbus was really leaning in on the transportation side. And so one of those successes and one of those areas that since, since we passed this, we've seen um, other municipalities kind of looked to us for advice, was um, a commercial energy benchmarking policy. And so um, we passed this through city council in March of 2020. Um, it was the last regularly scheduled city council meeting before the COVID shutdown, um, which we I had worked very closely with the city over the course of um, 2019 and leading into 2020 to get this passed. It's a foundational policy that over two dozen cities um, across the country have passed that enables building owners to make informed decisions with the data about how their building is performing. So it's targeted at large commercial and and multifamily buildings. Um, And even though it is is foundational and it is active in in two dozen other cities, we are the first city in Ohio to pass this type of policy and are hopefully paving the way for Cleveland and Cincinnati to follow. Um, since we passed the ordinance last year, we have had peer sharing calls with Ann Arbor, Detroit, Indianapolis. These are other cities that are looking at the work that we've done that are inspired by the work that we're doing and thinking if Columbus can do it, if a city um, that is similar to us, that's a peer city that respects the work that we're doing, can do it, then then they can too. And it's, it's exciting and inspiring to see that um, On the residential side, we had a couple of really big wins as of late. Um, Between 2019 and 2020, our residents conducted 30,000 home energy audits through the city's Sustainable Steps program. So this was a joint program between the city of Columbus, AEP Ohio, Columbia Gas, and (coughs) Impact Community Action. And this 30,000 residents completed a home energy audit in just under two years, which is an amazing number of people that did one single action that's dedicated to climate work. And I think this shows that residents are interested in climate work. They're committed to climate policy. They want to see the city taking action in ways that helps them save money and that helps save, save the planet, which is really exciting.
1: Wow. I love all of that. And it's so good to hear you say that Columbus is kind of like leading that way and paving that path because that's how I see Columbus. And, you know, uh, this is the community sector of the podcast. And I think that really speaks to the kind of community that we're, that we're involved in here. And so that's really awesome. I love that a lot.
2: Yeah. And I, I would I would build on that community feel with just reiterating this word of community. Another big win was um, the passage of community choice aggregation in the November election that just passed. And this was the voters making their voice heard with their vote and saying, we want clean energy. We want clean energy that is sourced in Ohio. And the passage of community choice aggregation gives the city um, authority to purchase energy on behalf of residents and small businesses and allows the city to change the source of energy that's powering these homes from what the default grid mix is right now, which is primarily power plants um, fueled by coal and natural gas with a small mix of renewables to 100% renewable. So 100% clean energy going into our homes. Um, And the voters overwhelmingly passed that in November. And so that program will go into place starting in June of 2021. That's awesome. Um, I heard about this
1: facility that's in Linden, and they're working to keep residents safe during like increased common events like you know, extreme temperatures, really bad storms. We're seeing a lot of these across the nation and across the globe um, recently. Tell
2: us a little bit more about this, and why why is it important? Yeah, this is such an exciting project and such exciting work that's to come for the city. So these can be called resiliency hubs and they are places in communities where residents from that community can go to get basic support services to help them meet needs um, either before a disaster, during and after a disaster. And so that just in and of itself is so impactful and so critical that residents in their community have this place that they can go to that they know um, provides these resources. And then in addition, we hope to turn this into a network of what are called resiliency hubs that can showcase energy and sustainability attributes. And so um, the resiliency hub, the community center in Linden will have solar panels and inside there will be an interactive screen or dashboard where residents can see the energy that's being produced by the solar array that's literally right above their head. Um, so there's a lot of education opportunities just in, in that alone, but then there are a lot of opportunities to use the space in other ways. and so. I know that some of this work is to be determined in the future, but just to brainstorm some creative ideas that could be used, this is a place where you could station an energy advocate that is um, from that neighborhood who has information about energy efficiency and can answer questions <clears throat> from their neighbors about energy efficiency, to potentially give out like LED light bulbs or water saving kits. It can serve as a convening location for financial literacy trainings or to host a built- an electric vehicle ride and drive event. Um, It's an opportunity to share um, workforce development programs or pathways that are coming up. And so having all of these resources that improve the quality of life for these residents in their community is is really exciting to see.
0: Yeah, that is super exciting, Jenna. And I I love the emphasis on climate justice. And I think it's really cool that the city of Columbus is prioritizing this equitable approach to climate action and, and resiliency building, And my understanding is that the city of Columbus's first climate action plan is currently in draft form and you're seeking community input, which is so exciting. Will you share from your perspective why and how residents can get involved in the climate action plan process?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So first I'll start with the why, and I'll just say that um, the city and internally has gone through um, a lot of steps to get to a draft climate action plan. Again, it was really that the vision for Mayor Ginther of this, not only the city but the community, the businesses, the residents are all part of this um, carbon neutral future. And with that, you know, you set a goal and then you you need to create an implementation plan. And so we're at that implementation plan phase, and we have the chance. We as as me as a resident, you as a resident, folks that are listening, to influence what's in that plan. This is the plan that will guide how the city meets these sustainability goals, how they meet the carbon neutrality goal. And ultimately helps create the future that we'll be living in our families, extended families and future generations will be living in. And so um, we have uh, we have begun upon an equitable resident engagement process and we're, we're continuing that. And it's really an opportunity for for any and all residents to make their voice heard about what is important to them. We know that um, climate looks and feels different to everybody and and we wanna know those perspectives. We want um, voices and ideas from all of our residents across um, all socioeconomic statuses, races, genders, ages to participate in this process. And so we are really centering equity in the engagement that we do. We are um, deploying toolkits to collect feedback from our low-income and black and brown communities so that those voices that have been historically left out of the conversation are no longer left out of the conversation. And so a few ways to get involved. (laughs) Um, The first, if you are interested in reading the whole draft plan, we have it posted online and I think we can drop a couple links in the show notes, Um, but our Sustainable Columbus website has the draft plan and also has a link to a website that's called um, a considerate website, which is like a crowdsourcing site. So each of the 30 actions in the climate action plan are loaded up onto this website and any and all resident can residents can create a login and basically you use like an agree, disagree or neutral function within each action to, to voice your opinion on it. You can also add a comment about that action if you have strong feelings one way or the other. And then there's also a section where you can add your own idea. So let's say you have a suggestion or an idea about something related to climate that you want to see the city do, we have a section where we're crowdsourcing resident ideas. And so that's really, that's been exciting for us to see the feedback on that site so far and to start to crowdsource some um, some ideas that the city ha- hasn't thought of so far.
0: Jenna, could you give us some examples of what actions look like within the climate action plan? So you mentioned there's 30. Like, what are the different kind of categories? What What goes into a climate action plan?
2: So through the Considerate website, uh, like I mentioned, 30 of the actions are loaded up on there. They fall into a couple broad categories. So kind of what can you expect to see? We have a section on sustainable neighborhoods, sustainable transportation, energy efficient buildings, climate solutions, the Columbus way, um, and then reducing waste. And so an example um, in the building section, there are goals and there are actions focused on increasing the energy efficiency of large commercial buildings. And there are goals related to increasing the energy efficiency of residential homes. Um, In the neighborhoods section, there are goals relating to um, increasing the number of green spot businesses in our neighborhoods and creating workforce development pipelines for folks in our opportunity neighborhoods and in our low income neighborhoods to have connections to well-paying jobs in the clean energy or the renewable energy world.
1: That's awesome. I am just like really loving this conversation because we're learning so much more about, uh, you know, something that kind of has for a long time been behind the scenes. Climate work has been happening, but a lot of people really don't talk about it. And one of the exciting things is that it's becoming, um, and I hate to use this word, but it's becoming a trend to be more climate conscious. Um, and, And especially with an emphasis on climate equity. Uh, So tell us kind of a couple of more ways uh, people can help create more of a climate neutral community.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'll list off a couple that are related to the climate action work and then a few outside of the climate action work for ways that folks can get involved. So like I mentioned, you can review and provide feedback on the Considerate website. That's one tool that you can use in order to make your voice heard. If you go through that process and you're really jazzed about this and you want to start talking to other people in your neighborhoods, community groups, book clubs, um, we have a toolkit on our website, um, on our Sustainable Columbus website that provides anybody who wants to host a meeting or host a conversation um, to to tools that will allow them to collect feedback on the climate action plan and share it back with the city of Columbus. So we have um, two pathways, so to speak. We have one toolkit that is centered around a PowerPoint presentation and one that is more of just like a a conversation guide. But we have facilitator guides for both of those. And anybody who's listening is welcome to go onto our website, download those materials, review them, and chat with your neighbors, chat with your book club about Climate Action Plan. There are um, Google Forms embedded in all of those resources that we're using to collect feedback. Um, And we have those resources available for download in English and in Spanish the last route that i'll mention um, is to join a meeting so let's say you want to listen to somebody tell you about the climate action work and then you give your feedback to them we have community-led meetings so these are folks from our community leading the climate action meetings um, to collect feedback so the next one is january twenty-sixth. we update the website when when we have a new meeting scheduled Um, so i encourage folks to check out um, check out those various avenues for providing feedback on the climate action work As it relates to broader climate action work, how do we create a more just and equitable and sustainable future for all? I would say a couple different (laughs) tips for Paths Forward. Um, One, I would encourage folks to make their voice heard. Weigh in on the climate action plan. Get your neighbors to weigh in on the climate action plan. But above and beyond that, make your voices heard to city and state officials. I would say that we have allies and friends in in the Columbus City Council that are passionate about climate, that are apt and have an appetite for climate policy, but it never hurts for them to hear from residents and from business owners and from community members that it's important for them. Um, hold your elected officials accountable. Um, attend the city council meetings, write letters. I know that we're in the midst of a pandemic and, and COVID, um, but Columbus City Council is still meeting digitally, virtually, um, you can submit written testimony, you can um, provide verbal testimony at a a public hearing over Webex. Um, They are there to hear hear our voices. And I I will say that I I believe that you'll be met with receptivity. So I I would encourage you to do that. Um, Taking that action really can influence the policies that city council um, helps pass and looks to pass in the future.
0: Well, I'm definitely feeling inspired. Thank you for all of those uh, tips and insights, Jenna. You definitely gave us a lot to think about. And I I think we could have entire episodes kind of unpacking a few of the things that you talked about. There's just so much there. I love it. Um, Yeah. And I think a a few other things to kind of throw out there for listeners is voting for the future that you want with your money. So every time you spend a dollar, you're voting for something, right? Which everyone kind of knows intuitively, um, but I definitely encourage people to, support companies that are being more sustainable, taking climate action seriously, because it really does matter. And would also encourage those that might have investments, whether it's a 401k or just personal investments, to think about what you're spending your, your dollars, your hard-earned dollars supporting, because um, that's really what you're doing, right? You're supporting a company, you're supporting an idea with those dollars. And so I'd encourage you to make sure that aligns with your values and where you want to see the future going. And I really appreciate how Jenna talked about a lot of these, you know, collective actions, like individual actions are super important. You know, I don't have a car. I try to take CODA everywhere I go. And, you know, I I really try to embrace what I value in my everyday life. Um, But it's also, or and it's also super important to rally others and to change policy and to just get really, really involved beyond your individual actions because that really is how we continue to build this movement together. And kind of in the spirit of thinking about the broader movement, we also just wanted to give a quick shout out to the countless number of amazing nonprofits, you know, public sector workers, companies, individuals who are leading this effort because it really is something that takes the entire region to really move forward progressively on this topic so just wanted to give that quick shout out um, because we really do have so many great change agents working on this every day so jenna we'll give you the opportunity if there's anything else you want to share um feel free but thank you so much for spending your time with us today
2: Yeah, thank you both so much for having me. This was really exciting. I would just close with another ode to anybody listening. Your voices matter and we want to hear from you. Thank you for being part of this fight. Again, we are all in this together. Jenna, that is exactly
1: right. We do have the power to make a difference, and I think that that's what our listeners should take away from today. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Alex, for being an amazing co-host for our community section. And I want to thank the listeners. Next time you all tune in with us, we will be talking about our culture segment. My name is Anthony Granites, and this has been CYP Voiced.